Turn with me, please, to two openings, Matthew 9 and Mark 9. In Matthew 9 and verse 28, it says, When Jesus was come into the house, blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this. They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. Say that phrase out loud with me. According According to your faith, faith, be it unto you. you. Praise God. Well, verse uh, 30, and their eyes were open. So they obviously did believe. And Jesus straightly charged them, saying, see that no man know it. Do you believe this happened exactly like we're reading it here? Can it happen today? God hasn't changed. His will doesn't change. His power hasn't changed. What does change? Man. Man changes. Here you see, and this is no isolated instance as we're going to see, That Jesus placed the emphasis on their faith. And uh, modern churchianity and religion has changed that. Are you all with me? Has changed it. Modern, you know, millions of modern church going people do not emphasize the individual's faith. When it comes to receiving things like healing and other things of that nature, they what do they emphasize? God's will, if it be thy will. And that's how people are taught to pray, and people get indignant if you don't pray that way. Oh, they get mad, they get huffy. <laughs> Well, it might not be God's will. Said who? Said who? Go with me to Mark 9. Mark 9 is a story of the man that brought his son who had uh, been having seizures and falling into the fire and into the water and every kind of thing. He brought him to Jesus' disciples and they did what they knew how to do and nothing happened. You know, just because somebody prayed and nothing happened, that doesn't mean it's not God's will. That just means for some reason they didn't receive. Doesn't prove God's will. But uh, Jesus came down from the mount, and there was an uproar in the crowd about this. What about verse 20 or so? Mark 9. 20, they brought him to him. When he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground, wallowed, foaming. He asked his father, Jesus asked him, how long is it to go since this came to him? He said, of a child. And oft times cast him the fire and the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, well, if it's God's will, why did I say that? 
That's what millions of church going people believe. They don't believe this. They believe if it be God's will. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. There's a play on the word here. Other translations bring it out. The ASV says that Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible to him that believes. But the good news says it like this. Now you got to remember what the man said to Jesus. If you can do anything, have mercy on us and help us. Good news said, Jesus said, if you yourself can. Everything is possible for the person who has faith. The easy to read says it like this. Jesus said, why did you say if you can? All things are possible for the one who believes. The man said to Jesus, if you can. And Jesus turned around and said, no, it's if you can. The man tried to put it all in Jesus' lap. Didn't he? And many people think that's what's going on today. Lord, it's just up to you. It's up to you. But you can't leave up to him what he left up to you. You can't make his responsibility what he's made our responsibility. If you can, help us, have compassion on us. Jesus said, if you can. (laughs) All things are possible to him that believes. And the father cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And the Lord did help him. Hallelujah. And his boy got set free. Faith is the determining factor in things like this. Not the power of God. Not the will of God. Not what you need. Not what you want. Not what's right. Not what's fair. We don't receive according to what we need. We don't receive according to what we want. We don't receive according to what's right and fair. We don't even receive according to the will of God. Now, some people have a problem with that. So let's take some time and answer it. (laughs) Go with me to Mark, the 16th chapter. Tell me how we receive. What Jesus said. According to your faith. When the man tried to put it in Jesus' lap and say, if you can do anything, Jesus said, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. If you can believe. It's not if I can do anything. We should know it's not if God can do it. That's not the determining factor. Well, we know a little about this in the area of the new birth. But some way or another, folks have gotten confused. I know why. It's the enemy. He's doing his best to keep us out of things that would get our needs met and change our life. He does not want you to be free and healthy and prosperous and blessed. He does not want that because you're too big of an advertisement for God. Is that right? When you're that way. (laughs) if you're born again you've already missed the devil's perfect will for your life 
Oops. We missed it. But he has a backup plan. He has an acceptable will. And that's for you to go to heaven. Now. (laughs) Right now. Get out of here. And don't influence anybody else. For God. (laughs) But don't stay here. And be healthy and free. And rich and happy. And successful. And tell everybody you're a Christian. (laughs) But. We're going to do it now just to spite him. But mostly because it's the will of God and the plan of God and we want to honor him. Said out loud, Lord, get glory to yourself in me, in my life, in every part. Don't you desire that? That when people see you and they see good things in your life, that they see him and they see what he's done. And the Bible said the goodness of the Lord draws people to repentance. Much of the world has not really seen God. They've heard about judgment, but they hadn't seen the goodness of God. And if they see how good he is, a lot of them will come. A lot of them will come. In Mark 16, are you there? Mark 16, it says, verse 9, let's start. This is... uh, When Jesus was raised from the dead. Verse 9. When Jesus was risen early the first day of the week. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene. Out of whom he had cast seven devils. She went and told them that had been with him. And as they mourned and wept. And they. When they had heard that he was alive. And had been seen of her. What did they do? They believed not. Now we're going to see something about the nature of faith. Faith is a choice. You choose to believe or not to believe. There's no such thing as I can't believe. You'll hear people say that. I just can't believe that. That's not true. You could believe it if you would choose to believe it. But you're obviously choosing not to believe it. So when they heard the women say, we saw him. We talked to him. He's raised from the dead. They got a choice. Right? What are they going to say? Now, the master had told them exactly what was going to happen. Didn't he? He had told them repeatedly that he was going to be raised. And then how long is it going to take? And the scriptures have prophesied it. I mean, this is not like a new subject to them. But they saw him die. They knew his body was cold and stiff. They've never seen anybody raised from the dead. Right? In this life, dead is dead. And they just chose not to believe it. Keep reading. After that, Jesus appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the residue. And what'd they do? The rest of them. What'd they do? Neither believe they them. What do we got going on amongst Jesus' group? A bunch of not believing. (laughs) And who's making them not believe? They're choosing. They're hearing these things. And these people are saying, we saw him too. Here's the mouth of two witnesses now. We saw him too. 
He's raised from the dead. And what the rest of them said, no, I don't know what happened to y'all, but no, he's dead. He's dead. He's not coming back. Verse 14, after that, he appeared to the 11 as they sat at meat. And what's the first thing he said to them? He upbraided them. You ever been upbraided? (laughs) Upbraiding is not commendation. He upbraided them with what? With their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Now, Now you see here, what does that mean hardness of heart? They wouldn't let that great truth in. He's been raised from the dead. They're like, Mm. No, I just can't accept that. No, I just don't believe that. Jesus, when he appeared to them, you would think maybe they just all shouted because it was really possible that somebody could be raised from the dead. When the first thing he says is, what's with all this unbelief? Faith is very important to our God. In fact, without it, didn't say it was challenging. It is impossible to please him without it. We haven't emphasized faith enough. But that's changing around here. (laughs) At Faith Life Church. We have talked about faith. You know we have. But we're bringing it up a notch. I believe at the direction of the Lord. Because there's a whole generation that's come up now that hadn't heard things that we heard 20 and 30 years ago. And then there's a lot of folks that heard it, that forgot it, let it slip, and none of us have arrived at all the faith you could have and need. None of us. If you think you have, you really are deceived. Faith is one of the most wonderful things you could ever know about. It is the way you live. It is the way you walk. It is the victory that overcomes the world. It's how you please God. And the Bible emphasizes it greatly. Religion does not. Because the enemy knows. If you get full of faith and start acting in faith. It's just going to mess up his playhouse. It's just going to, it's going to destroy yokes and remove burdens. You're going to break out. You're going to get loose. You're going to get free. Your neighbors and coworkers are going to see how blessed you are. And they're going to want some of it too. And then their family's going to want some of it. And this thing could just get out of hand. <laughs> and the thing that would cause that to happen is not more knowledge just of the power of God, not more knowledge just of the will of God, not more knowledge about grace. Did Jesus say, according to grace? According to God's power? According to my will? No. According to what? According to your Faith. Hallelujah. The enemy's scared of this. He wants to keep this under wraps. He wants to keep people in the dark, keep people confused about it. 
But too late. Yeah. We're getting it. Yeah. And we're going to get it a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. We're going to, we're going to walk on the water. We're going to move mountains. Yeah. Come on, are you with me? We're going to speak. It's going to come to pass. We're going to lay hold of and receive. And all of it's going to please God. It's going to please God. Don't you want to please God? There's no other way. If you really want to please God, then you're really interested in faith. He upbraided them, upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because what? They didn't believe them that had seen him after he was risen. Now this is, this is the greatest miracle in the history of the world. Jesus has raised from the dead and the first time he sees them, the first thing they get into it's faith. Right? He could have been talking about the marvels of resurrection. Right? Yeah, how amazing it is. That a few hours ago his body was laying stiff and cold in the tomb. And they're looking at him right now. But that's not what he's talking about. What's he talking about? And upbraiding them. Why? Because they knew better. They could have done better. He's upbraiding them because they wouldn't believe it. It's not true that they couldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it. They were unpersuadable. And Hebrews calls this evil. Evil unbelief. We just say bad. We don't use the word evil so much. Evil is in the scriptures is opposite of good. Today we usually say good and bad. Unbelief is bad. How many would agree with that? The Lord says it is. The Word of God says unbelief is bad. Faith is good. Faith pleases God. Unbelief irritates God. <laughs> True or not? Is this the only time that you see Jesus correcting people for their unbelief? Why'd you doubt? Where's your faith? Right? Why so little faith? Religion has gotten away from that. Churchanity has gotten away from that. But Jesus never changed. Right? And he's not saying that to hurt us or to put us down. It's because unbelief will hurt us. Unbelief will rob us. Keep us out of the blessing. He doesn't want that. Why would it be true that without faith it's impossible to please him? He's a father. A father, a mother can't be happy if they're multi-billionaires and got all this ability and their children are in dire need and they can't help them. What would bless a parent to be able to do everything that they want to do for their child so the child is free and happy and blessed? No parent ever loved their child more than our father loves us. Yeah. All love came from him. So that's why you can't please him unless his will is being done in your life. And it's not going to be done 
unless we believe him. So without faith, you can't please him. Would you make God happy? Believe him and let him bless you. It makes him happy. Any parents, do you know that's true? If your child will do the right thing and let you help them and let you bless them, does it make you happy when they're doing good? All their needs are met and they're free. Well, he's our father. Thanks be to God. He upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they didn't believe him. They didn't believe those that had seen him. Verse 15. And he said to them, go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let me insert a little something. And I hope they do better about believing it than you did. (laughs) That's just Keith Moore paraphrase. But was he irritated with them? Upbraid is not a commendation. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And if it's the will of God, they'll be saved. If it's not the will of God, they'll be condemned. Why am I saying this? Many Christians, evangelicals they call us, we believe it's not up to the will of God who gets born again and who doesn't. We believe God's not willing that any should perish. That it is his will for everybody of the seven billion people on the planet to be born again and know him and miss hell and go to heaven, be a part of God's family forever. Do we believe it or not? And so we believe that all who are alive are not waiting on God to be born again. And that they will be born again according to their faith. Not according to the will of God, because it is the will of God. Not according to the power of God, because he's already done everything that needs to happen. Right? And his spirit is ready to cause the new birth to become a reality in them. And yet, even though many evangelical Christians believe that, when it comes to other things, they changed. They changed. Well, now healing's not that way. Being filled with the Spirit's not that way. Getting your needs met's not that way. You know, being healed's not that way. Well, why isn't it? Why, what changed? Why wouldn't you receive everything in redemption the same way that you received the first part of it? Why wouldn't you receive it the same way? If it's not God's will, if it hasn't been provided, you can't get it. But what grace has provided, faith must possess. What grace has given, faith must receive or take. And the lie, the deception that has been perpetuated now for generations in the church is that we're just waiting on him. 
And it's just up to him. And we can pray and ask him. If it be thy will. Well we wouldn't let somebody come to the altar. And get away with that. Is that right to come to get born again? And they say God if it be thy will. Let me be born again. If not. Thy will be done. What would we tell them? No, 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 no. Uh-uh. It is the will of God. Well, the same Bible, the same gospel, talking about the gospel, gospel is the good news of what Jesus has done. Jesus took our sins. Same Bible said he took our sicknesses. Bore our sicknesses. Carried our pains. By stripes were healed. Same Bible said the chastisement of our peace was on him. Is that right? Same Bible said he was made poor. So that we could be made rich. Same Bible. Same Bible. Why doesn't that reveal the will of God? Just like he was made sin for us. Reveals the will of God. See the devil has tricked people. And it's a false humility. All I just want is just all up to God. Whatever God wants. You wouldn't say that about the new birth. You wouldn't say it about that. The will of God is revealed. In the word of God. The good news. That's why it's such good news. I don't have to wonder if God wants me saved anymore. I don't have to wonder if he wants me helped. That's the good news. We were lost. We were without hope. But Jesus came and took our place and was made sin with our sin, made sickness with our sickness, was made poor with our poverty. True or not? True or not? Well, then it's ignorance to look at Jesus at the whipping post being beaten. And while he was being beaten. The cause of every sickness and disease was being laid on him too. Did he have to go to the whipping post to go to the cross? He could have gone to the cross without going to the whipping post. What was that for? The crown of thorns that was jammed down into his scalp. Did that have to happen for him to go to the cross? No. None of this happened by accident. None of this was he some helpless victim in their hands. He said, I've received the commandment of my father. I have power to lay down my life and to take it up again. No man takes it from me. He let them do that. He said, don't you know I can call on the father? He'd give me legions of angels. He could have come off of that. He could have come out of there and we'd be lost. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For not coming off the cross. Thank you. Thank you. But to look at Jesus being scourged and saying, Lord, is it your will for me to be healed? It's like looking at him on the cross and say, Lord, is it your will for me to be free from sin? What's going on? What are you looking at? It's ignorance. It's confusion. It's deception. We need to be just as sure. That God wants us healed. As as he wants people born again. Right? It's the same. You see it in the scriptures. We just got through quoting it a few moments ago. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your disease. Right there. 
Same verse. Same verse. Religion separated it. Men's idea. What happened is men prayed and nothing happened. So they come up with a new doctrine. Well the disciples prayed. And nothing happened. But it didn't change the will of God. And when the man showed up. And said well God it's up to you. You know the Lord it's up to you. He said uh uh. It's not if you can. If you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Oh, the more we find out about this, the more we find in thing after thing. We're not waiting on him. Just like the lost are not waiting on him to get ready to save them. He said, uh, go into all the world. Preach, proclaim the good news to everybody. And he that what? That believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe. What determines who gets born again and who does not? Not the will of God. Not the power of God. What? The individual's faith. Are we in agreement about this where the new birth is concerned? Yes. People that are lost are not waiting on God to get ready to save them. And it's not God's will for some to be lost. That contradicts scripture. First Peter said he's not willing that any should perish. You believe that or not? In John 3, very familiar verse to us. In the gospel account of John, it's called the uh, gospel of belief. The word believe is found in that one book over a hundred times. It's just full of it. Faith. The will of God, you might find 50 references to it in the New Testament. There are way over 500 references to faith and believing in the New Testament. Closer to 600. What's emphasized? The will of God is important. You need to know the will of God. But the will of God alone is not going to determine what happens for you. Our faith, Jesus said, is the determining factor. That's good news. I said that's good news. (laughs) Brother Hagin, my father in the faith who's in heaven now. He uh, was born prematurely, if you've heard anything about his testimony, and didn't expect him. They thought he was dead when he was born, but uh, by the mercy of God, they detected, actually went out to bury him and, and uh, detected some life about him, came back. And, well, as he progressed, he was a small child and problems with him, and the doctors said he, had, uh, he, he, he didn't develop right on the inside, and he had an incurable blood disease and deformed heart and one said if one thing wouldn't have killed him the other thing would have killed him and that nobody in his condition had lived past age 16 and a year or so before that age he became totally bedfast and was going just the way the doctor said that he would go and uh, he said laying there in the bed he uh, he'd cry and pray God I'm too young to die you know, it's not 16 years old. I've, I've never lived. I've never had a life. And 
Then he didn't want to die. But everything said he had to die. And uh, he wanted somebody to pray with him and help him. But uh, uh, nobody he knew believed in faith for healing and those kind of things. He, he finally got one guy to come. And the day the, the fellow came, the minister came, he was so paralyzed he couldn't talk. And he was trying to tell him he wanted to know, could you have faith and be healed? And he said the, uh, the pastor took his little paralyzed hand in his hand and patted him and said, just be patient, my boy. In a few more days, it'll all be over. And eventually left. He said it was dark in that room. He said it was in Texas in the summertime, the sun shining bright and hot, but to him it was dark in there. No hope. Somebody that was supposed to be a spiritual authority, his best advice is just be patient, it'll soon be over. And what little he had heard, people had said, well, there were signs and wonders and miracles back in the Bible days, Jesus and the apostles, but that was for a specific purpose, and that's been done, and all that's passed away. But he got a little bit better to where he could read the Bible, and he finally got to the passage of the woman with the issue of blood. And he got to the part where it said, Jesus told her, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. So he's sitting there looking at that, thinking about that. But he thought, but, you know, Dr. So-and-so, theologian, and this one and that, they said that's been done away with. And he said it just came up in his, of course, the Spirit of God helping him out, came up in his heart and said, "Uh, have you ever heard anybody say faith's been done away with? (laughs) He said uh, to himself, no. No, he said, and the thought came up to him, no, and you never will, because if there's no faith, there's no salvation, there's no church. See, same thing. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. Same thing. Same gospel. Same faith. Same God. If you only believe one, you only get one. Which is why he said, forget not all of, I'm not a one benefit Christian. I'm not even a three benefit Christian. Come on, how about you? I'm a many benefit. Forget not all his, all his benefits. Well, all the rest of the benefits in addition to forgiving all your iniquities, they are provided the same way through Jesus and what he's done. They are received the same way through your faith. Just like you receive the new birth. That's how you receive healing. The Holy Spirit. Your bills paid. Your answers. Just shall live by faith. Not just get born again by faith. Live by faith. Walk by faith. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) John 3. The New Testament, in particular, all the Bible does, but we're just talking about the New Testament right now, emphasizes faith much more than it does the will of God. Did you hear? I, I gave you some numbers. 
the will of God, you might find, might find 50 references, probably not that many, in the New Testament to God's will. You will find almost 600 references to faith and believing in the New Testament. God obviously knew we needed to hear a whole lot more about faith than we did even more. Not to say the will of God is not. We need to hear about the will of God. But we need to hear a whole lot more about faith because that's the determining factor. But have churches turn that around? And they talk more about the will of God. And it's up to him. You know, uh, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not mocking anybody. I've done it myself. When I was a, a young Christian, I went to the hospital with my pastor. This was many years ago. He was going to visit somebody that was in the hospital, and I went with him. And uh, we prayed for him. And this is what he prayed. God, you're all-knowing. You're all-powerful. And uh, if it be your will, raise up our sister and healer. But if not, then your will be done. And I said, Amen. Is this not how millions of church going people pray? Millions. We are the exception that don't pray that way. But I'm not knocking anybody because I didn't always pray this way. I just got to telling you. But later on, I got to thinking about that prayer. I begin to get a little more light. And I begin to think, what am I saying? I'm saying, God, you know everything. You know the end from the beginning. And you are sovereign, and nothing happens but what is your will and plan. And you know what you're going to do. So if you want a healer, she'll be healed. If you don't want to heal her, she's not going to be healed. And in other words, why am I praying? Because <laughs> you're going to do what you're going to do. <laughs> no matter what I do. Why are we here? Why are we praying? And that's why the enemy has pushed this so hard into the church because it takes away the very thing that would make a difference in the situation. Faith. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible said prayer of faith would save the sick. And the Lord would raise them up. Oh, hallelujah. Believers. Not just anybody, believers would lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And yet you've got people on all sides of Christianity. They'll go, yeah, 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 that's in there. But you just never know what God's going to do. Well, what if you said that about me? How should I take that? I said, I'll be there Tuesday 
And I'm going to put $1,000 into that. Now, you can count on me. I'm going to be a part of them. And, and, and somebody asked you about, well, was Brother Keith part? Well, you just never know what Brother Keith's going to do. What does that mean? It means you can't count on me. My word may not be any good. This is not a good thing. You just never know what God's going to do. If he said it, you can know it. He's going to do what he said. No ifs, ands, and buts. And that's not the factor. The issue is not can you count on him. If you can. Jesus said, no, uh-uh. if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, whoever what? Believes. Whoever it's the will of God. No. Uh-uh. Whoever believes in him. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. Will believing still prevent you from perishing? Verse 17. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already. Because he's, because what? Not believed. I mean, was it necessary to say this three times in a row, back to back? (laughs) Believe, 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 believe. Like I said, in this one book of John, 101 times, you see believe. In just that one book. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already. What determines who's condemned and who's not? God's will, God's determination, God's plan. There are a lot of people who say so. It's not true. Let's go with this. Let's go with what the master said. What determines who's saved and who's not? Those that believe versus those who don't. Why wouldn't that be the answer for a lot of questions then? Jesus said it was that way. People's healings, people's deliverances. He's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 36, John 3, 36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. He that believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. John 8, 24 says it like this. Jesus said to them, John 8, 24. I said to you, Jesus said, you'll die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews that believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. He said this to people who believe on him, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. If we go through about four stages in receiving from God. Ignorance, not knowing his will. Oh, but thank God when the word comes and the light of the word comes, faith comes by hearing. 
But then, even though you hear it and see it so clearly, it's still up to you whether you believe it or not. You can believe it or not believe it. And then once you believe it, it's up to us whether we act on it or not. If we believe it enough to say it and do it. And Jesus told him where the first miracle happened in Jesus' ministry. Jesus' mother told him, whatever he says to you, do it. And they did. And that's when the first miracle happened. They heard it. They believed it. They did it. Go with me to Hebrews. The 11th chapter. What is faith? What is faith? Now some of you that have been around a little bit, you know the scripture, you could quote it, you could rattle it off, but don't do that. What is it? Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is, this is what faith is. What is faith? This is what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Young's literal says, faith is of things hoped for a confidence, of matters not seen a conviction. Young's is a very accurate translation. Two words he uses to describe what faith is. Confidence and conviction. What is faith? Faith is confidence. And faith is conviction. Now the word conviction, the root word of that is convince. You could say it like this, faith is being convinced. Or, to use a Bible word, Persuaded. (laughs) Faith is being convinced. Faith is being persuaded. You you see a good example of this in Paul in the book of Acts. Let me read some of these to you. Just listen to these. Don't try to turn there. In Acts 17 and 2. It said, Paul, as his manner was, went into them and three days, Sabbath days, reasoned with them out of the scriptures, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen from the dead and that this Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ. What's the result? Verse 4, some of them believed. Why? Verse 5, but the Jews that believed not. Listen to Acts 18. What does he do in the next place? He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath day and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. Holy Ghost anointed preaching and teaching persuades. Which equals faith comes by hearing. You become persuaded. You become convinced by hearing. That's uh, some people, uh, not not too many, thank God, but a few people have just come back to me, not recently, but years ago especially. Uh, why does he take so long on the offerings? 
I'm not trying to persuade you to give. If you'd be honest, you know that. But I am trying to persuade you of something. That giving and receiving works. Are you with me? And that God wants you blessed. He wants all your needs met. He wants all your bills paid. And you need to hear that and be freshened up real good before you release your next seed. So every time you come into church, not just this church, but every church should be the same way. And many it is. The Spirit of God is endeavoring to convince you of something. To convince you of the truth. Your adversary, who's not for you, he's against you, is every day trying to convince you of something else. Lies. Trying to convince you of lies so that you believe a lie and are deceived. The Bible said if the gospel be hid, it's hid to those whom the God of this world has blinded their minds. Unless they should believe the glorious gospel. Faith is the conviction. Somebody say conviction. Conviction. And it's also, he said, the confidence. Acts 26, again, you don't have to turn there, just listen. Acts 26 and 27, you remember when Paul preached to Agrippa, the king. And uh, at one point, he's laying it down, man. I mean, the Spirit of God is helping him. You wouldn't know he was in chains. He's down there, they're up here, he's in chains, they're in robes, but they're the ones shaking. At one point, he said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. I know you believe. What's going on here? The Spirit of God through Paul is doing what? Working to convince him, persuade him. Of the truth. Now it's up to him whether he lets himself be convinced or not. Lets himself be persuaded or whether he believes or not. And verse 28, Agrippa said, Paul, almost you persuade me to be a Christian? (laughs) Almost persuaded. He ain't quite there. Some translations say, you think so quickly? You can persuade me. But he was in the process of being persuaded. And in verse 29, Paul said, I would to God that not just you, but everybody that's listening to me this day, we're both almost and all together just like me. What was he? Fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. He said, I would to God you wasn't just almost, but you was all together. Persuaded. Just like me. Except for these chains. (laughs) That was a nice touch, wasn't it? (laughs) And it really hit home because as soon as they went out of there, uh, the king said to him, he said, you know, this guy could have been released if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. Acts 28, 23. They appointed Paul a day and... uh, Many came to him in his lodging. He expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them. Doing what? 
persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law of Moses and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And you think I'll go long sometimes. (laughs) What's he doing? Sometimes it takes a bit. It, depending on how you grew up and what you've heard before, and there can be strongholds of wrong believing and wrong thinking, and you're just sure it's this way because mom and them believed it, and all your preachers and pastors and your denomination. And, and when you hear the truth, initially you're thinking, no, no, now this is the truth. But we want to respect the Word of God enough. To let it knock down strongholds and pull down strongholds, cast down imaginations, any high thing that exalts itself against this and bring every thought captive. So no, you don't. The word says this. So no, I'm not going to thank you. I'm not going to believe that. I'm not going to be persuaded unless it's in here. From morning till evening, and here's the results. Verse 24, and some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. It was that way with Paul. It was that way with Jesus. It'll be that way with any other preacher today. No matter how anointed, no matter how accurate, how good the utterance, God's not going to make people believe. It's entirely your choice. Hallelujah. Go with me in closing, I think, to the book of John. Thanks be to God. I believe we're going to need to come back to some of these things and and visit them again. Would that be all right with you? How many understand that you have not learned everything about faith that there is to learn? In uh, John 20, we just saw it a moment ago about how Jesus upbraided them for their unbelief. Right after he was risen from the dead, different ones saw him, told them, but they didn't believe it. And one of the ones who were the most outstanding about not believing it was a man by the name of Thomas. (laughs) John 20, verse 24 John 20, 24, Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. I won't believe it's him. I won't believe he's raised from the dead. Did you hear this phrase? I will not believe. I will not believe. This is one of Jesus' disciples. <laughs> now, don't get down on him. When you, you're going to meet Thomas later. He's a good guy. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if you point this out to him, he could probably point some stuff out to you. <laughs> where you have done the same thing. Uh, You might have used different words, but you did the same thing. So Thomas, brother, we're not against you. We love you. Looking forward to meeting you. But it was the Lord who recorded this. 
And Thomas today be the first one to tell you, do not do that. Don't do what I did. He'd be the first to tell you. What did he do? Unless I see, except I shall see. You hear people say, seeing is believing. And that's what he said. Unless I see. He knew Jesus was nailed to the cross. He knew they drove those nails through his hands. He knew they put that spear in his side after he was dead. He knew they took his lifeless body off the cross. He knew that. And so he said, well, I don't know who you saw, but it's not Jesus. And unless I see his hands where they put those nails in there, I'm, I want to put my finger in there. So I have to see it. I have to touch it. I have to feel it. Come on, can you see this? Or I won't believe. This is evil unbelief. This is refusing to believe. This is unpersuadableness. And it will rob a person of the blessings of God. What's the saddest thing is that there are millions of people on the planet who are doing this about Jesus being the Savior. I don't believe it. Prove it to me. Show me. Well, if I saw him. And uh, he said, unless, unless I see it, feel it, I won't believe And after eight days again, just a little over a week later, after Thomas makes his I won't believe announcement, (laughs) the disciples were within and Thomas was there. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut mattered not. And he stood in the midst and he said, peace be unto you. Reckon they felt something when he said that. Verse 27. And then he looks over at Thomas. <laughs> Do you know the Lord hears you? Even though you don't see him, you mouthing off what you will and won't do. <laughs> he heard that. He said, Thomas, come here. Take your finger. What do you think Thomas is feeling right now? <laughs> he probably wants to say, uh, that's not necessary. <laughs> Come here. Take your finger. Put it right in here. Go on. Push it on in there. Give me your hand. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Give me your hand. Put it up in there. You feel that? Can you feel that? <laughs> Be not faithless. But believing. How many believe that's a word we ought to take too hard? We ought to take, don't be unbelieving. The Young's literal says it. Become not unbelieving, but believing. Don't be unbelieving, refusing to believe. Be willing to believe. Ready to believe. Quick to believe. Don't be such a, a skeptic, so suspicious of everything and everybody. If I hear an amazing miracle, and people say, I wonder if that really happened. Well, I'm not the judge. 
But I know God could do anything. Is that right? It's certainly not outside the scope of his ability. And if it's good, it's his will. Right? I'm ready to believe. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to gullibly follow you off into something the Lord didn't tell me to do. But I don't want to be slow to believe. You don't want to be cantankerous and like, well, if I can see it, and if we can put a slide under the microscope, and if I can run some real tests on this and prove it to me, well, that's no faith at all. You're being unbelieving. Jesus upbraided and, and reproved his disciples for that. Verse 28, Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. In other words, it's you. It's really, really you. I don't put my finger in his hand. I put my hand in his side. Oh, Lord, it's you. Verse 29. Jesus said to him, Thomas. He's still talking to Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, because you've seen me, you believed. You believed after you saw and felt. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. Oh, how many want to be in the blessed bunch? The blessed bunch. Blessed are they who have not seen. Do you have to see to believe? No, you don't. That's what faith is all about. Faith is the confidence and conviction of things hoped for and not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. Right? I hadn't been to heaven. But I believe it's there. Believe I'm going. I hadn't seen the throne with the rainbow behind it. I hadn't seen the Father whose fire from the loins up and down, sitting on the throne. I hadn't seen the winged creatures in the front and, and the cherubim I, and the crystal sea in front of the throne. I hadn't seen all that. I believe it's there. Me too. I'm convinced. Yes, 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 yes. Some folks say, well, you're just a poor, ignorant, religious fool. Well, we'll find out now, won't we? <laughs> we shall see. But you're doing that. If I see it, I believe it. That's not the people who's blessed. That's not the people who are born again. That's not the people who become a part of the family. I believe. Do I have to feel healing to believe I receive healing? Do I have to see the money in the bank to believe he meets all my needs and calling my bills paid? Can you see what a different walk? This is from what the world is doing. I don't have to see it. I don't have to feel it to believe it. The psalmist said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord, I'd have fainted. But I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living right here, right now. I believe it. I'm a believer. I have faith in the power of God. Do you? I have faith in the goodness of God. In the word of God. In the spirit of God. 
I know some folks say we're delusional, but the truth is we're not delusional. They're deceived. And the truth makes you free. Oh, somebody stand up and say, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. I am. I am a believer. Oh, hallelujah, I am. I am a believer. I am a believer. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your hands. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to everyone that believes. And I believe. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.